Welcome to the Singapore Management University podcast series, where we feature the latest insights and perspectives from our faculty. Data has emerged as the most important driver for modern economic development. New industries have arisen from the use of data, with personal information as the core asset, while many traditional models of business are disrupted or drastically transformed. Artificial intelligence, or AI, has also become an integral tool for the management and processing of data, including personal data, as it provides greater accuracy and capability. How should the use of AI in data management be regulated? And should it be treated any differently under the data protection regime? What role can AI play in regulating the use of personal data and as a cybersecurity tool? Is creating a form of propertization of personal data and data ownership useful? These are just some of the lingering questions that regulators and organizations are currently grappling with. Central to the issue is how artificial intelligence can best serve and safeguard humanity's interests. Warren Chick is Associate Professor of Law at the SMU School of Law and concurrently Deputy Director at SMU's Centre for Artificial Intelligence and Data Governance. In this podcast, he shares his recent research into artificial intelligence and data protection in Singapore and takes a deeper look into consumers' trust, organisational security and government regulation. Professor, can you begin by telling us what inspired you to research on this topic? Well, I've been studying uh, Infocom technology law since the early 2000s when the area was nascent. Then it was all about the legality of online transactions and the internet interface. For example, copyright issues relating to the use of hyperlinks and browsers. Things were much simpler then. But as technology developed, more complex issues arose along the way, such as cybercrime, cybersecurity, privacy issues, and so on. Now it is the role of AI in society and the management of data uh, which concerns us, and hence the focus of the Centre on AI and uh, Data Governance that we've set up. How has AI changed the management and protection of personal data? What are the challenges and opportunities? Well, AI has not only replaced the manual work of data processing, but has surpassed the abilities of humans to do some of the work. They can also operate 24-7 and perform tasks that are integral to functions that require no downtime. A most recent example of how AI is becoming important is in its use for the collection and collation of location and movement data for contact tracing purposes relating to the current COVID-19 situation. AI can also be used as an early warning indicator so, for example, Blue Dot, an AI platform that tracks origins and movement of infectious diseases, uses natural language processing and machine learning algorithms and detected unusual pneumonia cases around the market in Wuhan, uh, which has now become what we know as the COVID-19 uh, situation in the new global reality that we live in today. As it is, scholars are also currently studying how AI, which can function optimally and with high accuracy, can work quickly in such circumstances where time is of the essence. AI may also be used in the future for delivery of medical and other services remotely, which obviates human contact in times like these, where it must be minimised. Now, what role can AI play in regulating the use of personal data? Uh, just as AI can be developed by private industries to manage and use data, including personal data for commercial 
and non-commercial purposes, it can be harnessed by the public sector to regulate and ensure compliance with such regulations. For example, AI can be used to detect breach of privacy by organisations that fall under the purview of the PDPA, the Personal Data Protection Act. It can also be part of the privacy by design solution to the accountability measures that private sector must legally comply with. These are very exciting and challenging times and technology has a role to play in shaping the future of society and in even in managing and protecting our way of life. Now you ask what are the, some of the challenges that it poses to us. Uh, personal data is very much involved in the type of data collected, used and processed by AI. After all, AI serves human and all valuable data relates back to humans. Hence, a challenge is in the ethics of AI in data control, such as how much and to what extent it can and should be allowed to independently manage information and how to maintain accuracy and balance government and industry needs against personal privacy concerns. The challenges are highlighted in the many papers concerning the ethical use of AI, such as the Infocom Media Development Authority's AI Governance Framework, and that includes to what extent AI can be left to run independently and when there should be human oversight, and if so, how often, as well as human intervention to reverse the decision-making of an AI. We have seen a recent case in Singapore, COIN versus B2C2. COIN is spelled Q-U-O-I-N-E, uh, versus B2C2, where the programmer's knowledge and responsibility for the decisions and actions done by an AI in the context of cryptocurrency trading on an automated trading platform emerged as an issue to determine if a mistake which was made in trade due to human oversight in updating the trading platform's critical operation systems if, and if that mistake allowed the transaction to be vitiated, which is in turn determined by the programmer's knowledge of the mistake when the AI made the trade i.e. the completing the transaction or completing the contract. In a split decision which highlights the complex legal issues that can arise in the use of AI and how it can affect existing legal principles, the Court of Appeal determined that the contract was actually valid and enforceable. What is propertization of personal data and what are its potential benefits? Well, propertization and ownership of data is but one way that lawyers and academics try to determine how to apportion rights and liabilities relating to the collection, the use and the disclosure of personal data by organisations or data controllers. It is promulgated among some academic circles, especially in the US and parts of Europe, in order to provide a legal basis and a model for providing individuals that are data subjects more control over their personal information. Some features of property law can form the basis for greater personal control and justification for data privacy concepts. For example, exclusivity and enforceability rights, which are prominent features of property, can support the right to be forgotten or withdraw consent to data used by a third party. And the transferability rights uh, for propertization can be used to argue for payment or other benefits to accrue to the individual from the collection and use of his or her personal data by a third party. The data protection regime in Singapore under its Personal Data Protection Act, or PDPA, has been in force for five years now. How do you foresee PDPA evolving in its next rendition? Well, the majority of the administrative cases uh, on the PDPA in, within that five and now coming to six years, and the concerns relate to the balance between the right of the data subject or individual to control personal information and the leeway given to organisations to collect, use and share as well as process such information, uh, whether with consent or notification or without. What is reasonable between both parties is the measure 
that uh, the Data Protection uh, Commissioner uses. Uh, another big concern is the protection and security of personal data by technology and administrative measures as data controllers get used to and gear up to meet regulatory requirements. And we've seen many cases uh, relating to the lack of uh, adequate security for personal data. And so this is another big concern. The third, the compliance and accountability measures that can ensure free flow of personal data across borders since the standards can differ across jurisdictions, even as the core foundational principles are coherent. Based on indications from the Data Protection Commissioner and the Infocom Media Development Authority, some aspects to look forward to are the continued balancing of interests of data subjects by tweaking the rules and exemptions under the Act. Other things to look forward to include uh, mandatory data breach requirements, which are being debated now and are likely to be included, and the introduction of a data portability provision, which allows individuals to have their data or the personal data sets transferred from one organisation to another. This will actually make it things more convenient for everyone as well. Now, how can Singapore feature AI in PDPA 2.0? AI may not be specifically mentioned or referenced in data protection laws. An example is the general prohibition against the use of AI for profiling, which is featured in the uh, General Data Protection Regulation uh, in the EU. The Data Protection Act in Singapore does not have a specific provision on AI, but judging from its consultations, uh, public consultations that have emerged from the uh, Commissioner in recent years, we can expect AI to be part of the conversation and to be included in the proposed provisions relating to data portability, accountability measures and the privacy by design. Certainly, AI will increasingly be used to comply with and to regulate personal data protection principles as a matter of efficiency since data protection obligations, especially in bigger organisations, can be intricate and complex. What are the implications for businesses and consumers here? Uh, on the plus side, consumers and businesses do benefit from the use of AI in many ways, some of which we are already experiencing on a daily basis. For example, I receive customised news feeds on my smart devices every day uh, and I get my news from that. Specifically, in relation to data protection, uh, it can be used to strengthen personal rights and interests. It can allow me to ensure greater accuracy of personal information and that, uh, the assurance of security for the collection and flow of personal data. Businesses can comply with data protection laws in a more cost-efficient basis and the authorities such as the Personal Data Protection Commission can monitor compliance and trends using AI. On the negative side, just as AI can be harnessed for good, it can also be developed and used against data protection rights uh, by nefarious agents. Also, AI can go rogue or malfunction if there's no human oversight. Hence, a strong regulatory regime and protocols for adequate human supervision are essential to minimise these outcomes. The wider implications are that both businesses and consumers must continue to be familiar with the rights and obligations under the data protection regime, and indeed beyond Singapore, the global data protection regime, and further their interests with whatever way they can. But at the same time, they must be willing to compromise in order to reap the greatest benefits from the use of personal data, such as to optimise the offering of products and services to, to people and to further the greater good, including, as noted previously, to face such challenges as managing problems on a national and global scale, uh, such as the problem with the COVID-19 situation. Can you also briefly touch on the developments in the rest of Asia? Globally, there have been hundreds of ethical frameworks produced by the public uh, and private organisations alike on the use of AI in the last two years alone. There's obviously very strong interest there. Some core principles are that uh, AI must serve the interests of humanity, and there must be human oversight depending on the type or objective of the AI concerned. So in certain situations, it must not be left to run alone. Other principles include human autonomy, 
transparency and explainability. That means we uh, or the general public must understand what the AI is being used for. And in some cases, the AI is even being used, which may not be apparent. Uh, AI should be fair and non-discriminatory as well, and it should be accessible. These are very good principles to start with and very ambitious, what we call motherhood type statements. But the next stage is where the grunt work is, which is how they translate in each industry or type of use of AI relating to data generally and to personal data specifically. We already see some industries such as the fintech industry taking the lead in this respect, but we will see more, especially in healthcare, education and the social media industries as well. As noted, Singapore has produced a framework which is at the 2.0 stage, uh, and it uh, came out this year, earlier this year. Other Asian countries are expected to follow suit. Now, what about the rest of Asia? Although Asian countries have lagged behind in enacting such laws and in harmonization of such laws, which the EU has successfully attained with its uh, General Data Protection Regulation in uh, 2019, we have seen an acceleration in the adoption of such laws in the last decade, with Malaysia, Philippines, Singapore taking the lead in ASEAN. In wider Asia, Japan, South Korea, Hong Kong, Taiwan have more matured data protection laws and they have been updating them regularly. China and India have faced more challenges all right, for social political reasons, but they are also in the process of formulating their models of data protection laws and also their frameworks for AI governance as well. It is fair enough to, that they need a longer time to do so, like I said, because of those situations. There are forums where we gather to try to reach some consensus in uh, important areas, such as through the Asia-Pacific Economic Cooperation, but it will take longer for all the Asian countries to come on board and even longer for any attempt at uh, harmonization of our laws, which is challenging given the diversity of the region. But that said, even the US, for example, has lagged behind in the development of such laws uh, due to their own social, political and economic reasons as well. Thank you, Professor. Thank you.